All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Meckis and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo, to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves. What's Dropping the Gloves in Spanish, Tim? Do you know? I don't. I'll look it up for you. I know. I always like to throw in some Spanish or French words, and I don't know Dropping the Gloves in Spanish. We should maybe figure that out. I don't even know it in French. What is gloves in French? Anyways, how is everybody doing? Welcome to the show. We got a good one today, Tim. Special, we got a, a special guest. Yeah, we got my my buddy coming on later. I, I guess we probably are going to put the name in the in the listing. So yeah, Patty Kane's coming on. That's exciting. We're going to talk a little bit about hopefully what he's been up to. Maybe the start of the season. Um, if he's excited, this and that. How he's been training. I don't know. Conversations with me and Pat, they they're kind of um, free flowing. It's really hard to see where it will go and where it will end. So I don't yeah, know. I'm excited we'll for this one. And I think we'll it's kind of cool to think about like the, the whole playoffs coming and how the Oilers were, were voting down the format because they didn't want to play Kaner and Tays. That is so funny. I texted him when that happened. I said, hey, Patty, thanks for ruining the playoffs for us. <laughs> no one wants to play against you. He's like, I don't know, man. What do you want me to say? You know, so it, it's uh, it's cool. He gets it. He's 31 now. I couldn't believe that. When I was doing a little just research for uh, the show, He's 31 years old. It's crazy. When I knew him, he was just a baby. I know. He was probably like 22 when I met him. Bizarre. Yeah. yeah. He's like a grizzled veteran in the league. He's been playing for 10 years. Really? No, more than that. Yeah, 12. Over 13, yeah. That's unbelievable. And he's only 31. Oh. First, first ballot Hall of Famer already locked in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. No, come on. There, they're going to start voting. I think the vote for the next Hall of Fame is coming up. Aginla, first ballot? Yeah, I'd say yeah. I think, I think so, too. As much as like, I don't like him, just because he was a, just a prick to play against, 
He's so he good, was too. he's so good. He was one of those guys who there was a few guys who were skill guys who could throw him, and you just gave him a little bit of room, just because you never knew they could like just throw you around. He was one of them. Sheldon Surrey, I always gave a little bit of room just because I was like, hey man, he he can chuck him if it, if it came down to it. There was a yeah. few of them, not many, but anyways, that's exciting. We'll see that. We'll talk to Patty later on the show. Where are you now, Tim in Denver? Yes, sir. Staying with a buddy. Rocky Mountain High. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. yeah Did you guys beautiful. go out? Yeah, it's, it's uh, it was raining last night, but we went out downtown Boulder, which is only like twenty miles out of Denver. So uh, that was a pretty cool city. That's where the University of Colorado is, which is such a cool college town. Yeah, I used to play there. Very, very fun town. Very neat city. All right. Well, let's kind of since we we're talking to Patty Kane, I think it's only appropriate that we talk about the Sabres since he's from Buffalo. Owns a place there, goes back there quite a bit. What is going on in Buffalo? Like, uh, we could devote a whole show to this, but let's just kind of touch on it. And then maybe at a different episode, we can really delve into just the complete meltdown of this franchise over the last decade. So, Bottero got fired. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the first, that was just the first kind of domino to fall. They fired 22 people in their staff. What is your reaction to that? Uh, I mean, it's it's something that's never happened before. But my first reaction was it seems like it's really strange timing because we've been shut down for like three months and things are starting to ramp up and then you'd fire 22 people now. Like, wh- why now? I'll tell you exactly what happened. So Pagula's Kim and Terry, I know them. I consider them kind of acquaintances, friends. My wife is good friends with um, Kim. Is that the owner? The owner, yes. Those are the owners. Three weeks ago, they came out and they said – Botterill's job is safe. He's not going anywhere. And I guarantee you, once this 24-game playoff got set and they realized they weren't going to play any more games, they wanted to clean house because they're losing money. They're just hemorrhaging money. I think one year they lost something silly like $30 million. And they wanted to cut costs. And how do you do that? You can't get rid of the players. You mm-hmm. start cutting staff. And so they went to Jason Botterill. And they proposed this idea. They said, hey, we need to start firing people. We got to get rid of some people. We need to start at least maybe trying to make some money. Like we're just losing money left and right. And gas prices are down. They're a fracking business. That's how they make their money. So if Papa's not making the money in the fracking, you know, he's got to make up for it somewhere else. And the Sabres are his biggest, biggest loss right now. So Botterill dug in his heels. He said, no, I don't, I don't think this is right. You know, maybe he kind of pushed back a little too hard and they said, fine, you're gone. See ya. I'll do it myself. And he got fired. Then they just decimated everything else. All the scouting, all his minor league systems, everything just got completely gutted from top to bottom. It was bizarre. All the assistant coaches, everything. And Rochester was a successful team. Like they are, I think they were 120 and 65 over this coach over the last three seasons. Like that's a pretty dang good record. Mm-hmm. And to just go in there and gut it, like that's, that's a bold move. So it's, it's interesting. This team has just been, I went there when they first bought this team and the press conference, you would have thought it was the Pope coming to town. Everybody thought the Pagulas were going to come in and change the culture. They predicted they were going to win a cup in three years, I think three to five years. They had the big like, parade downtown the stanley cup will be here like this and that so what has happened since then they've had five head coaches 
and three GMs and a few presidents. And it's just, and that's since 2017 or 2015 or like, it's not a long, I think probably 14, maybe six years. They've had that many coaches and GMs and stuff. And no, no playoff births, right? Maybe one. no playoff bursts for the last 10 years. And the thing that worries me is they, they have no identity as a team. Like this is a team that's not quite rebuilding. They have too many contracts on the line, but they're not contending. So they're stuck in that no man's land. It's like, what do we do? We have Skinner locked in for a long time. Eichel's locked in for a long time. They have a couple other pieces, Ristolainen and Dolan. Like, they have good players. But then they just fill the rest of the lineup with just guys who were good five years ago. And then they try to, like, rein- like sign – they signed the players for their potential five years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just – it's a very – I don't know. They're in – they're in tough for the next few years. They have no really minor league system. They have a couple good players, but I think the reason they were so good, they had, I think six players I read were tied up with like $5 million went to six players. And in the minor league system, that's a lot of coin. Like that's 500 grand per player. Yeah. Like that's, that's a lot of money, you know? So you just don't, I don't know. That's strange. Like, okay. They have Jack Eichel. He's good. Sam Reinhart, he is showing signs of potentially becoming that player that he was when he was drafted, I think, second overall or third overall. He was showing signs. Like they signed guys like Jeff Skinner, Jimmy Vesey, Vladimir Sabotka, Marcus Johansson. Like these guys were good five, six years ago. They're not anymore. Kyle Poso, Wayne Simmons is there. I forgot about that. Micro Folik. Like all of these guys yeah. are past their pride. Prime. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if this team, that's a good player. I like him. He's a decent player, but if, if this team were on the ice in 2012, it's a pretty darn good team or 2014, it's 2020 now. And most of these guys are, they're on the tail end of their career. So I just, I just don't see a footprint or a roadmap to getting these guys to the playoffs next year especially after the last two years, they've, they've come out hot and then they absolutely just tank. I don't, I don't get it. If I was Jack Eichel, I would be so upset. Well, that's the question, right? You talk about identity and talk about direction of the team. Do they shake it up as big as trading Eichel? No, you, you can't. You cannot trade him. He's locked in on a decent deal into 2026. He is your franchise. You cannot get rid of him. He is arguably one of the top three players in the league. Don't you think? He's a big centerman. He lugs the puck. He gets a ton of points, and he just keeps his mouth quiet. Like, he doesn't do anything wrong. He's a really, really solid guy to build your, your franchise around. They just need to surround him with players. That, like, that's the – there's no ifs, ands, or buts around it. It's really yeah. sad with what they've surrounded them with. Like, Jeff Skinner had a decent year, and they signed him to that big deal. Now he's, he's there yeah. for the next five, six years. It's just, it's just mind-blowing. And then they go and get Wayne Simmons and they trade for him at the deadline. I don't understand that. They trade a de- decent defense pros- prospect for Brandon Montour. Like I, I just don't understand the moves that they've made. Trade Ristolainen last year. Get some, get some prospects for him or a player that helps you. I just I don't get it, Tim. So anyways, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm a big Buffalo fan. I played there. I grew up right next, uh, next door in St. Catherine. So I don't know. Maybe Pat Kane will have some answers. <laughs> maybe it's just yeah it's just a strange strange situation and it's too bad because Eichel is one of those guys that just like 
like you said, you know, if this top five, top 10 player in the league, especially when you consider who you want to build around, the list gets even shorter. So he deserves better than this for sure. Yeah. And if you look at their draft picks, because they've had high draft picks for the last, um, gosh, it's got to be eight, nine years, right? Where they've had a top five pick. And if you go back to 2000, let's start with 2012. They had the seventh overall pick, Brady Austin. Never heard of him. Huh. 2013, first round, Rasmus Ristolainen. Nikita Zadorov. Okay, the next first round pick, Sam Reinhardt, second overall. For a second overall pick, is that is that a good pick? Considering uh, the, next, the next year was Jack Eichel at number two overall. <laughs> yeah. 2016, they had the eighth overall pick, Nylander, Alexander Nylander. He's done absolutely nothing in the NHL. He's only played 19 games. Um, 2017, Casey Middlestead, like you said, decent player. You know, who knows where that pans out. 2018, Rasmus Dahlin. That's a solid pick. 2019, Dylan Cousins and then Ryan Johnson. So there's the only real game changer I think right now is Jack Eichel. We'll see how Rasmus Dahlin pans out. He's a good player. He never really, he didn't really light it up this year. He had 40 points, which is good. But on a team like that, like you're, you're, he's got a ton of minutes on the power play time. I, I would expect him to do a little more, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I just know that you, money doesn't solve problems. That, I think that is the lesson here because when I went there, they were throwing money at everything. Oh, you guys need um, some Gatorade? We had like six fridges there the next day full of every Powerade and Gatorade and Pedialyte and everything you can imagine. Oh, you guys need this? They went out and saw, like, spent money on every single thing. They had like um, trainers from the Premier League in England come by and like give us physicals and like monitor our heart. And we had heart monitors on during practice and you could see it on the Jumbotron. And we do like fat tests every month. And it was so much like more advanced than any other team I've ever been on. And it still didn't mean anything. We were still garbage, you know, it's mm-hmm. because the owners, it's much, it reminds me of Jerry Jones and football where these owners came in and they're great people, but they just wanted to have their fingers in everything. And they didn't hire someone to kind of take control of the whole organization. Like at least Jerry Jones played football. He was a pro bowler in college. Like he was a good football player. Like these guys have no idea what's going on in hockey. They just are fans and they have a boatload of money and they thought they could just buy their way to a cup. So and now they got Kevin Adams, good guy, very great guy, but he has no experience being a management at all in hockey. He was like a development guy for their minor league, not even their minor league. They're like uh, their kids program. So I don't know, Tim. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Let's ask Kaner when he comes on. Cause I think he's calling in pretty soon. All right, let's do it. All right, everybody. Well, we're, we are transitioning to Patrick Kane. I hope everyone's doing well. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you after the interview. Cheers. Bet online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and Bet Online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all of USC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. 
And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day live on their website. Are you looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. I wouldn't want to go to a casino, Tim, would you? No. Stepping in to a casino during this atmosphere? Might as well just give me a death warrant. That's why Bet Online is so advantageous. Get your fix at Bet Online. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Where are you at, Kaner? I'm in Chicago. What about you? Oh, Traverse City, Michigan, God's country. Oh, yeah. I was wondering. Uh, I figured you are on the East Coast there when you told me 7, and then I had 30 minutes to get ready for 6 o'clock for me. So, Are you okay? Do you yeah, all good. All good. <laughs> okay. I don't want to keep you. I don't have you. much going on these days, bud, so happy you know what's, to join you. You know what's funny? I asked Reeves, Adam Rogowin. I'm like, hey, Adam, do you think you could help me facilitate a meeting with Kaner? He's like, I, I can't do it. Kaner's so busy. Sorry. He said that for real? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thanks. Jesus. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm going to text myself. I thought he thanks did. For, I don't know. Thanks for nothing, funny. bud. <laughs> so how you been doing, man? All good. Just, uh, I don't know, I guess same as everyone else in this world right now, right? Just uh, trying to get back to some type of normalcy, but... Like we started skating last week, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, Friday, and then uh, been skate. I skated three times so far this week too. So just uh, nice to get back on the ice. Some of the boys are playing golf together, but is there really a about there it. or no? No, no. A lot of guys aren't actually. There's only like uh, maybe six or seven of us here. Maybe a little, maybe more than that, eight or nine. But uh, um, I think guys are probably going to wait to the last minute. Like, like you know, Dunks. Dunks doesn't want to come back. You know? <laughs> He's going to like, come back for game one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's got to quarantine for 14 days while we're playing. So, but so what, yeah. how has Chicago been? Like my city's tiny, so we didn't really change at all. Like, is it crazy there? Well, it was like, uh, it was crazy with uh, like right after all that George Floyd stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, like I live downtown. It was pretty scary. The, the first night, like a bunch of stores are getting broken into and a lot of like looters and stuff. But after that, it's been pretty quiet. But, uh, like, during the pandemic, uh, like, it was like a ghost town down here. It was pretty nice, actually. Like, you could walk around, and there was, like, no one on the streets. It was it was just dead. So, um, yeah, it was a little bit different. You're 31 years old now. That's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. I checked out. I was like, he's 31? <laughs> Getting That's, up there, bro. I always just think you're just 24. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> I feel. I still feel that way, so. So you must have a kid and are married by now, I would imagine. No, no, neither. Patrick. So what? Maybe coming up here soon. We'll see. Oh, what do you got? Nice. What do you got? Like five girls or something? And then one on the way in a couple of weeks. No, how many kids do you really have though? Five. Five. Yeah, five girls. And what? Like, and you have you're having six on in the like, way in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Do you know what you're having yet? No, we never find out. Really? You nervous? No, like what's what's the difference between five, six, seven, or eight? Honestly, at this point, <laughs> that's awesome. There's six no difference. Kids. Holy shit! <laughs> when you when I was playing in Chicago, did you ever look at me and go, "Man, you're gonna have six or seven kids, Johnny"? No, not a 
chance. I didn't exude. This guy, this guy might have one or two. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you now? I'm. Th- uh, I was born in '82, so 37. Okay. Not so bad. you could you could get to six in a couple years if you really put your mind to it. <laughs> couple twins, maybe. I had a pair of twins. It works. Yeah. Speeds up the process. Yeah. So how excited are you to get back to play in front of no fans and play the Edmonton Oilers? Well, I think uh, it'll be a little bit different. I mean, obviously, I no fans. But uh, I would like to think that once you uh, get into, like, a playoff game and kind of know what's on the line, uh, it'll still be pretty competitive. I know it's – you know, the fans add so much. I mean – it's, uh, I guess, something we probably took for granted. Um, playing in front of, like, for us, 20,000 every night, it's pretty special. But, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. I really, I really am pretty kind of unaware of what's going to happen because, like, it's just kind of the unknown. If they're going to be playing music, if they're going to make crowd right. noise, I mean, I'm, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen. So who's definitely be team, different. Who's the team rep for you guys? Uh, like our players rep? Yeah. Um, it's Taser and then Siege has been pretty involved as well. So, okay. So you guys still have to vote for all the approvals, right? For everything I think. Yeah. Yeah. So there might yeah. not even be a season. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? I know like there's a lot of things that still need to be figured out and they're coming out with these like July 10th dates that, you know, we're going to be starting training camp and whatnot. And there's still a lot of things that need to be figured out. So we'll see what happens. Well, half your team's in Europe. Jeez, it's like... like, Well, that's what they're saying. Like, guys are going to have to come back and quarantine for 14 days. So it's like... Well, they said if you take a private jet, you don't have to. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. So it's only quarantine if it's a commercial. Yeah, they should be just just a bunch of them together and get on a private jet and spend a lot of money. going to happen. Well, yeah. Those Swedes don't spend. But anyway, sorry. So I want to talk about... um, the finals. We're doing this like uh, thing, the 2010. We've talked to Bowley and Bix and Q and who, I can't remember okay. somebody else. And so you're the guy for the finals just because you scored the OT winner, blah, blah, blah. You got eight points, <laughs> like all that stuff. I was pushing for somebody else, but Tim really wanted you. So <laughs> I was surprised you. I was surprised I was invited on after you blew me up at the All Star game there. Might, Were you might ups- have been the- might have been what? the first hit ever in the All-Star Were you upset about that? <laughs> no, man. You know what? That was your weekend. I was, I was just, uh, I was just living in, in your world there. So um, I forgot about that. It would have been better if I would have like, went shelf on Rene. Like, was that just, uh, was that just like, uh, like second nature habit? Just like yeah. hitting the guy and finishing. Shit? <laughs> yeah. No, I'll be totally you were, like, honest. Coming after me, or like... no? I did not want you to dance around me. I'm like, okay. I don't want to be embarrassed here. And I could tell you were setting me up for something. I'm like, you I'm just, just going to go for it. <laughs> Thank God you missed the breakaway. And then I scored right after oh, though, or else that just... could have been like a bad moment. So Why, when, did you des- when did you decide you're going to drop the mitts after you scored or before? Yeah, no, I don't know. No, I was just kind of playing the moment. It was just right after it kind of one of those in the moment things. So, um, but man, that was awesome. That was uh, that was a great weekend. I know you and your family like really enjoyed that, and that was fun to watch it all go down. And then you know lifting lifting you up on their shoulders, and and you being part of the winning team. It was that was awesome, man. Good stuff. What if I would have just ripped you a, a straight right cross? 
<laughs> just, just, just jack me and knock me off. <laughs> you should have. Because you hilarious. instigated the fight. Yeah, yeah the national would fans would have loved it. <laughs> have you ever seen that clip where uh, they're like announcing me and, and I'm next to you in line and they just start booing me and you're just laughing hysterically, just before, laughing right in my face? Before you got introduced, I said, I don't know if I said it to you or myself, I'm like, you're going to get just murdered here. And I'm just going to get the biggest <laughs> cheer in the whole building. <laughs> it was total opposite. It was great. Is, does that feel good? You get that in every barn to get the booze and stuff? Yeah, you know what? I think when you're uh, when you're like competitive and you're in the moment and like you're you're, you're hearing the booze, I think it's uh, it's awesome. Like when we first started playing in Winnipeg, every time I would touch the puck, they uh, they would boo me, and it was like you know I, di- I didn't know why it was happening, but I guess they booed like the best player on ah. every team, and uh, they weren't going to boo Taser because he's from Winnipeg, so they yeah. they booed me. And it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Like I wanted to hang on the puck even longer, you know? And, uh, then some other, then it ha- started happening in some other cities, like, you know, Nashville, a little bit in St. Louis, um, dunks gets booed in Vancouver every time he touches the puck. So he, well, he's always he ready to play in that game. So almost murdered the Sedins a few times. So <laughs> <laughs> I think so rightfully so. That's yeah. But funny. it's awesome as a player when you, when you're part of that, to be honest with you. I know they used to cheer when I jumped on the ice. The opposing teams, <laughs> dude. Do you remember uh, <laughs> we uh, we were we were playing St. Louis and we were up like five to one, and me and you got a two on one, and like there was no way I was shooting the puck. Yeah, and I tried to make a saucer <laughs> pass, and it just got tipped by the defenseman. And it hit like, a skate missed, or something. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, it got blocked. And you were so like you were just like staring me down. You're so mad at me, and I was just crushed. Like I couldn't feed you for the tent. Well, the guy but, can put the puck through like a hole in the wall fifty feet away, but he can't feed me a pass on a two on one. I was oh, like, you got to no. be kidding me. I was like, like, it, like, there's no way I was shooting that puck, and I was just thinking of any way to get it to you, and I couldn't do it. So, so disappointing. I was, I know, I was a little upset. I yeah. know, I probably iced you out a little bit. My bad. My good memories. memories, good memories. Good stuff. I like playing with you, Kenny. You're good. Do you remember that? I don't even want to go down there. There's, there's a lot of stories. I don't want to waste your time. <laughs> I don't want to go down to a lot of things. I'm a little nervous when I talk to these guys because I forget their personalities, you know, how they are. I just see them at the convention or around the way, and they're just so cookie-cutter answers and not – really talking but he gave us some good answers it was a good conversation he did it was very like very human it wasn't like uh filtered or templated responses that sometimes these guys have to give you can tell obviously he he likes you and has a rapport with you so he's willing to have a real conversation and not just give you the bucketed uh responses well it's funny he remembers that st louis two-on-one <laughs> i'm surprised this never come up before i was cracking because well, i I forget. I have like the worst memory in the history of hockey and I forget these things, but yeah, he obviously remembers it. It still weighs on him pretty heavy. I bet you he loses sleep at night thinking about it. Yeah. The one that got away. It is so funny. Like, yeah, the guy that can shoot a puck through a hole in a door from 50 feet, but can't get me a pass on a two on one. Oh man. I was, I was not happy with him. (laughs) That whole, that whole rest of that game. And the next day I was giving him such a hard time. And, and you know what? That says a lot about Q. He put me on Kander's line for that third period because I remember we were up by a bunch. And A, maybe it was to try to give me a little bone, but also it was to protect him because it was me, him, and Taser. 
And so he probably just said, go out there and, you know, don't let anybody mess with them. So was that like a blast being in line with those guys? Oh my gosh. There's it's indescribable when you play with the guy of that talent, when all he says is just go to the net and put your stick on the ice and you do it. And the puck gets there because during that game, I probably had another couple grade a chances that I didn't bury, but it's just really, really fun to play with someone that's talented. It's say, it's, it reminds me of Joe Thornton, the same kind of passer. Kaner is more precise and better. Jumbo is just as good. Jumbo's a little more patient, but they, they literally just say, find a spot and I'll find you. Like, go sit in the back door and I'll, I'll find you. And they do. It's bizarre. It's like it's, it's, it's so cool. But anyways, yeah, it's cool he brought that up because I, I totally forgot about that. Totally. But anyways, Tim... That was a good one. Good luck with your trip. Are you driving before um, we talk next Wednesday? Yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot of driving. I don't know where I'll be next week. Maybe, uh, gosh, uh, somewhere in the Midwest. I'll be back back your way a little bit. All right. Well, good luck. Drive safe. For those of you who don't know, Tim's on a cross-country trip right now, and he's halfway through it. So check out his blog, mapsandmountains.com. Yes, sir to really get an in-depth look of who Tim is <laughs> and what he's all about. A lot of introspection. The first couple blog posts, I was a little embarrassed, but you've really came into your own the last few. Oh, thank you, John. There's no um, cringeworthy posts of just going to go sit at the beach and read my J.D. Salinger, Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> uh, I'm so cool. Uh, John, if you're jealous, just say it. Just be a man. I'm not. I would never in a million years read that book. Yeah, on a beach by myself i would i would honestly probably bring a couple magazines and maybe a podcast listen to it my podcast and just listen to myself that's what i would do that's that's fine john we're different people tim that's that's what makes us work we're like peanut butter and jelly <laughs> yes sir all Easy right guys. buddy well um have a good day and we'll talk to you next week thanks for listening everybody i hope you're all doing well say goodbye sophia goodbye All right, everybody. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.